Hello and welcome to the podcast where we shine a light on the complexities and challenges surrounding the importance of human behaviour on cybersecurity and compliance. That's right, we're talking about people being at the centre of information security and data protection and the challenges of engaging users to create change in their behaviour. This is Beyond the Firewall. Hello and welcome. We're going to be talking about security awareness training, the next generation. Now, I was a child of the 80s and science fiction was very much my bread and butter. I was into everything to do with space, science and technology. So films and TV like Star Wars and Back to the Future and especially, yes, I was one of those, especially Star Trek. And then, then in the late 80s came along Star Trek the next generation. Now, nothing against Captain James T. Kirk and co, but I absolutely love Jean-Luc Picard and his crew's adventures. The technology had really leveled up in the next generation. The characterizations, I think, had matured and the storylines were, for me anyway, much more immersive. And from Geek Facts 1987, all the way through to the finale of the seventh and final season in 1994, Star Trek The Next Generation had me in the palm of its hand. So here to tell us why the next generation of cybersecurity training might also have us hankering after more. It is Metacompliance CEO and our captain for today, Robbie O'Brien. Hi, Robbie. How are you doing? Hi, Dave. You've set me up now. The, the expectation of delivering something along the lines of Jean-Luc Picard, I, I, I'm, I'm a gas. So uh, yeah, that, I'm going to have to take a, take a deep breath here and and try and compose myself. As long as your phases are at stun, <laughs> then <laughs> let's, uh, let's, let's crack on and, uh, and bring us back on topic again. So, sorry for that digression at the beginning, but whenever I hear the next generation, my mind just flicks to Star Trek. Yeah. But to that point, really, you know, whenever, whenever we talk about anything next generation, I always think it's helpful to reflect on the current generation first. So, What's your assessment on cyber awareness training right now, Robbie? So, Dave, we've had some uh, really painful cyber breaches of, of late. Colonial Oil, Irish Health Service, and the food processing company, JBS. And, and clearly, the cyber problem is not going away. However, in terms of tooling, we are still using the tools that have been available for training people for the last 15, 20 years. And it's essentially an e-learning platform where, you know, you use email, you send out the email, people click on the email, they do their training, we're good. When actually it's not a training problem, it's a behavior change problem. It's akin to getting people to wear seatbelts. It wasn't that they didn't know why they should wear seatbelts, it was changing their behaviors. And that's the, the challenge that we have at the minute. And then I also think that, you know, sending out a piece of e-learning, which is still well worth doing, still something that you should do. The reality is one size doesn't fit all. And we have to accept that there are multiple audiences within the organizations and they require different approaches and they require different types of communication to get them engaged. And that is really the key getting people engaged is the challenge, I think. And that's mm. beyond where we are at the moment. The thing is, we understand what the threat 
is, don't we? You know, we, we hear about it all the time in the news and those high profile cases you just mentioned. And we know a lot about the typical attack vectors, email, social engineering, phishing and so on. So why is it then? I mean, you, you mentioned engagement there as, as one of the challenges, but, you know, given that we know what the problem is, why is it that we haven't been able to make the training that's being delivered stop these breaches, stop these exposures? We can see the enemy. Well, okay, we, we know the enemy's there at least, and we know how they tend to crawl in through the cracks, but why have we not been able to uh, address that? I think it's two things. Number one, you have constant and rapid innovation among the cyber criminal hacker community where you know at the moment they're they're providing they're using SaaS as a way to provide ransomware as a service to and, and scale out the latest and greatest if you send out a training any training course be it on anti-bullying how to lift the box correctly or cybersecurity they are all delivered in the same manner. What we have is an email goes out. We all know what it is. The minute you click it, you're going to have to give time over to it. As a result, when you send out a piece of e-learning, typically on first pass, on average, about 20% of people actually take the course, wow. which is failure. The challenge is to incrementally improve the engagement adoption of, of the e-learning by various different methods. And I think that's the big issue, which is, did you send out the security awareness training? Yep, yeah, I did. Good. It should be, did you send out the training? Yes. What was our adoption rates? 50%. Okay, what are we going to do about the 50% that didn't do it? And that isn't being done because it is so difficult. And really from a tick box perspective, we're good from the fact that we sent the thing out in the first place. And that's sort of best practice today. And maybe follow it up next month with a simulated fish. And then we have, okay, we sent out a simulated fish and we've got 20% of people clicked on the test. The question there is what type of people? So if someone who has very little access to or, or can be exploited clicks, that's not great, but it's definitely not anywhere in the league of somebody who has privileged users, like a technical person who has, if that person is clicking, then you have a real risk. And so what happens is it isn't about training. It's really about human risk and managing cyberborne human risk. As in we, as, as, as human beings, affect weaknesses within the systems because we have the power to change things. And, and that's what the cyber criminals manipulate. Like you say, it's moving beyond that tick box, isn't it? And it's, it's something that's a little bit more of a, of a closed loop that allows you to review, iterate, do again, review, iterate and improve. And, you know, email, certainly the way that I, I've seen it, certainly isn't the silver bullet. And I'm not going to lie, Robbie, for <laughs> one of my clients, I did receive a mandatory training email in my inbox a couple of weeks ago. Now, not cyber, I should add, it wasn't cyber, but was, when it was arrived- it lifting, Was it lifting a box? <laughs> I, I don't have to do too much box lifting. No, I, I don't have to do too much of that. I can't actually remember what it was, but I know it wasn't for cyber training because I would have responded differently to that. And I would have wanted to yes. actually engage with it because of my job to see what it was about. Well, anyway, whatever training it was, when it arrived, I looked at it and thought, that's not a top priority for me right now. I've got something that, for, you know, for me, 
is more important that needs to be done for this client. And I'm not going to lie, it just got buried under a pile of other emails. You know what emails like, you know, it's generally time-based and before I know it, it's four or five pages down. And the prospect of a two-hour training course with mind-numbing, multiple-choice questions, it hasn't been particularly motivating when I've got headlines and deadlines rushing past me. And I know I need to do it, but I keep on finding that I haven't done it. Now, the question I've got, does this make me a bad person, Robbie? It makes you normal. I mean, you have to take some responsibility and I, you probably should do the training. Yeah. But also when you say people have a, a view that I, I remember when GDPR came out and it's quite a big regulation. Uh, the people that were responsible for training us were essentially privacy and data protection specialists. Mm-hmm. And I remember having an argument with um, one of these people and, and I said that you couldn't have a training course greater than 33 minutes because our instructional designers will tell you that after 33 minutes, you start thinking about what am I going to have for my dinner? That's where your brain is. Your brain just goes, it just turns off. You, you just, you need a break. But it's like, we only have this one opportunity to get people into a room and we've got to make the most of this opportunity. So the course has to be two, three hours. And I'm like, seriously, do you really want to change people's behavior and actually get them to learn? Or do you just want to tick the box? And the better way would be to break it up into smaller chunks and do it over time. So I think that two-hour concept is another fallacy around e-learning and it gives us a bad name. I really do believe you have to take into account how difficult this subject is for everyone else not involved in the industry. Mm. I think there has to be consideration given to how difficult this is. And I really believe that the organization should take responsibility for making it palatable for people like as in trying hard to make it consumable in some way. And, and that's hard. Don't get me wrong. We spend every day talking about this and trying, trying to get, get it, get it right. But if you can get that change, if you can be the red pencil in the box of white pencils and get that engagement, get that idea, then you have an opportunity to change behavior. It's okay to start in one place and evolve to another because it takes time. It's okay to go, no, I know that I need to change behaviors, but today I need to get actually some people trained up because I'm exposed and I need, I need to deal with that. That's okay too. So starting is, is the first thing, but I think thinking that that is the end game is, is really old school. Well, I promise I will do that testing as soon as we've finished our conversation today. But, you know, you, you raise an interesting point. Obviously, there are two sides to this coin. There are those of us who are receiving, ignoring, 20% of the time possibly doing the training. But also, you express very well the challenges of those who are responsible for commissioning the training, you know, right upstairs on the C-suite, and those who are responsible for trying to deliver the training. And, you know, that they've all got different challenges, really, haven't they? You know, all the, all the way from the top to the bottom in terms of those delivering that training. They do, because it's like one of those things that if, you, if once you start unpeeling the onion, you realize that it actually is a fairly involved management change campaign. And, and those are difficult. And nobody really wants to get up in the morning and go out and start writing compliance policies or acceptable usage policies or doing the training around that or even put together a campaign. I also don't believe that when they took it upon themselves that this was their vocation, their, their career, that 
the reason they went into it was to do communication plans to people. It was around technology, uh, perimeter uh, defense. It's a, a serious role based around risk. That's where our industry needs to step up and provide better tools because not only is it not a easy thing for this audience, the CISO audience to do, but they don't have time either. The, the amount of time that you would take that would be required to do it correctly and have it completely automated is quite considerable. I haven't come across an organization that, that has got there yet, uh, mm -hmm. that has a fully automated, you know, fire and forget type situation in the background that reacts against their profile of risk within their, their user population. So we've certainly painted a picture of what the challenges of the current generation security training, uh, security awareness training are, what, what, those, what those problems are. Busy people responsible for giving, busy people responsible for receiving the training delivery mechanisms that lack engagement, lack of personalization, all of that stuff. So you've spoken about automation there, but where does that fit into this next generation nirvana of security awareness training? And how does that help to address some of the challenges of the current generation? So I think what has happened is that we've taken what was there like, for example, learning management systems. We evolved new technology like simulated phishing. We've taken technology like uh, risk assessments. And really, the, the base structures all exist at this stage and are automated to the extent that it's probably as much as the majority of organizations could consume today or could resource today. The next step is to take those outreaches like training and simulated phishing updates and blogs and all those various things and basically have a way of assessing the user in the first instance. And on the basis of that assessment, the system automatically takes the user on a path. And throughout the year, the user can provide sentiment back. Did you like that piece of training? No, I didn't. Yes, I did. It's looking at engagement metrics to see across the entire, our entire platform so that it can see who is you know, actually taking the training, what pieces of training or collateral is working better with what role. And then as someone engages, say that, for example, they fail a simulated fish, then they would be taken on another path, additional training, additional notifications. And then we, we would also look at ranking the role that they have. So again, someone who is you know, maybe working in the, the company restaurant isn't as dangerous as somebody who is a member of the network security team. So if someone from the network security team is, is struggling, that's, that, that has to face up a risk. What we're looking at here is that we have a system that A is set up at the beginning of the year then what happens is the system interfaces directly with the, the users and on the basis of information provided for the users, like for example, which role adequately describes you and well, it's this role. So you're not reliant on directory structures like Active Directory to determine if the person is, is still in that role. And as the person interfaces with it and gives sentiment back and we, we look across the entire platform, then really this should be all automated. And the role of this chief information security officer uh, or, or the person uh, running the campaign on his or her behalf then becomes one of not setting up the campaign and determining, you know, 
the concept of of someone going into uh, a library of hundreds of different types of cybersecurity uh, training and going through each one to find the appropriate one for the appropriate I mean that's just that's a forget mm-hmm. about it. it's not happening but that the system would actually learn uh, using yeah. all the data you know using machine learning against all the data and really uh, provide back to the users what the system wants the job of the administrator of the training campaign or the the awareness campaign then becomes managing exceptions, looking at reports. Maybe people will get stuck because they've given the wrong answers or tried to game the, the system in some way. And, and it becomes, a, a, the role changes. And, and really, I think automation has a big, big part to play here, taking the burden of the change management, the user change management from the CISO and placing it back where it really belongs, which is with the user. And is that personalization that really stands out from how you describe that and and the idea of a learning management system learning about those who it is teaching or or taking on on a learning journey is fascinating and you know that it it makes sense with this automation that, that you speak of about the organization will be able to build this really rich data set, this this risk profile to the point of where their workforce is, where various sections of its workforce is on their individual cyber awareness journeys and which areas need more attention. I think where we're evolving to is finding a new way to manage that human risk, finding ways of making sense of what at the minute to the human eye looks like complete chaos. (laughs) Where really, if we were to look at our user audience and draw a heat map across that as to people that are good corporate citizens, people that get it, and and then people that are struggling, then where the security and HR teams should be spending their time are on the people that are struggling. I really personally love the idea of self, you know, pre-testing, which is there's a 30-minute course on whatever. Well, if you can demonstrate that you know what the, the you know, it, you could be tested at the beginning, hmm. then you shouldn't really have to take the course. So that, that incentivized good, good behavior because I've answered the questions. I'm good to go. I don't, yeah, I'll, I'll actually, I'll work on that the next time. And so you build in, in ways whereby the system tries and encourages the user by taking the burden off them as opposed to at the minute it's just blanket bomb throw it out get everybody to do the same yeah. and and i think that it encourages the appropriate uh, behaviors as in this new digital world and i think it's critical when you have a hybrid environment where you've got people in the office at different times and then you have people working from home so the, the outreach has become more difficult and i think that that also is another aspect that needs to be ta- taken in and, and you can Find out from the users where they fit. Are they hybrid? You don't rely on, again, Active Directory. Mm-hmm. Are, are they working from home? And the system will respond accordingly. So what, what, what you've spoken to there is very much from the side of the coin of those delivering the training. And the principle there is all good. And I, I love the automation. I love the insight. I love the ability to refocus you know, security professionals, training professionals' attention on, on where it's most needed. But one of the challenges that we spoke about a few moments ago with the current generation is lack of time, 
lack of engagement among those who are receiving the training. So, I mean, you, you, you hinted there with, with the pre-screening, perhaps, you know, how can you improve the rates of engagement with this automated, more automated model? Interestingly, I think I'll go back to the lessons that we can learn from the whole marketing and sales automation. Cybersecurity awareness is nowadays built around, build it and they will come. And again, we have that mechanism. We send out the email, people click, they, they, take, they take the course and we have low rates of adoption. And if you look at where sales automation and, and marketing automation was 20 years ago, for someone like me that was involved, really what you had was something like ACT or a database, like you know, some sort of database, where, which really acted like a electronic Rolodex. And then you had your Outlook account and you had Word and you did a mail merge and you sent out uh, an email to somebody and, and that was it. So the email, your Outlook and Word is equivalent to your learning management system and sending out by email at the minute. It's fire and forget. Whereas where we've moved to with those automation systems is, you know, you, you have multiple points of, of contact. Every interface with the potential end user or, or potential prospect or customer is graded in terms of, you know, I'm not, I'm not talking about cookies here or privacy problems. I'm talking about people signing in, logging in for a newsletter, coming to a, a webinar like here and so on and so forth. And as the person indicates a greater interest, then a response is, is triggered back at base. And I think that's really what we're looking for here in relation to cybersecurity awareness, whereby, again, we're only looking to have to provide effort to the areas that need effort. So to evolve it, it is the system only sends out what it needs to send out. It sends it out at the appropriate time. And then when it does have to send something out, it is appropriate for that role, relevant for that role. And then indeed, you're giving something away. And again, if you go back to those days, the, the, the concept of providing portals and websites and you know, engaging experiences for us as consumers or as, as, as BDP buyers, it just didn't exist. You relied on direct sales. You know, the guy had to get in the car, drive and have a, a meeting with you, which is a bit like security awareness at the minute. If you have somebody who's a problem, you have to go and sit down with their manager and mm. talk to them and whatever. Whereas here, what we're talking about is breaking the back of it with having something that maybe you know carries out early triage in, in terms of people not prompting back the wrong responses or, or or not taking it seriously enough, and then you know funneling it through to those areas of human risk that really need to be addressed. And I, I have a feeling that as we go forward, given the level of pain that the cyber breaches are having for governments, for example. In my opinion, I think that governments will get more involved. There will be more legislation for lax and inappropriate cyber hygiene. And so therefore, you know, I, I don't think the unconscious drifting through hoping for the best in the next five years is a feasible strategy. So how do you move it up without having to hire so many full-time equivalents? Mm. And the only answer is, this new approach to cybersecurity awareness. And for us, I think it's very exciting because we have got to this point, you know, like others in the market, put in the structures that we need, but 
in my opinion, I think we're really only beginning the real work of changing people's behavior and getting them on on side to help out with this. I was going to ask whereabouts we are on that journey at the moment. You know, can I just go to the the shop, picking up a box of next-gen cyber awareness training off the shelf? You know, where are we in terms of this being a thing? So I think there, there's no one that no one has this at the moment. I think the analysts are, are, are talking about it an awful lot and there is discussions in certain aspects of, of the vendor community. However, I think what we have at the minute is the tools that allow you to go and start taking your user audience on that journey. Even the implementation of a cybersecurity awareness campaign that uses really good e-learning, that uses simulated phishing, that uses the correct policies and all you add up all those things, then there is enough automation, more than enough, to be quite honest with you, in terms of automation. I think this is maybe 18 months out, but I think it's a really interesting debate to be had. And I feel that the customers, the the CISOs have have a lot of input. And, and, and I would really, anybody uh, talking today that sees this as a, a future requirement, we're, we're really interested in, in, in the views of, of, of the, the community out there. I think over the next couple of years, you're going to see some, the, the deployment of uh, machine learning in, in this space. It really is a level of profiling your organization, profiling your users, delivering timely and, and relevant and digestible content that won't annoy them. This is difficult and it takes time to move the needle. And it, it really does take a board of directors and uh, a senior exec team that sort of buy into this and says, you know what, we do want to be vulnerable in this area. That's us go do. It takes time to move the needle. We're almost out of time right now. I'm sure you've whetted a lot of appetites with this vision of what's next, next generation. But if people listening want to address some of the cyber security awareness challenges that they're facing right now, what would you suggest? So our automated campaigns today have functionality that can lift this burden of staff awareness programs for time for security staff. And really, we also try and help drive the voice of their brand through the cybersecurity training so that it's easier to get people to buy into the team spirit. And I think that that engagement today, if you start that today, uh, which we can help people with, I think that you will be as best placed as in the industry to take your audience on a journey that, that isn't, you know, send out one campaign and it's, it's, it's done. It's a journey that will evolve over time. As I said, I think the community has a lot to say on this and a lot of input to give. But at this point in time, all the constituent parts are there. I think if you haven't already begun the journey, the sooner you start, the better you'll understand what you know the challenges. Or if you have started the journey and maybe have gone down a, a, a blind alley, uh, we can help people redirect their energies into engagement and actually start turning the challenge of cybersecurity where the CISO or the security function is seen as the bad guys. They're seen as people that are, you know, techies and, and it's difficult. We turn them into something that actually helps keep their staff safe online and protect their brand. And those two things are just solid gold for, for any organization. Robbie, thank you very much indeed for taking us on a warp speed journey into the next generation today. Thanks very much, David. I really enjoyed discussing that. Until the next time. Until next time. Bye-bye.